Hello, and welcome to Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs, live from the Zen Room. My name is Patrick, and I'm here with Tommy. Hey, bitches. Welcome to our second episode. Yes, we actually made it to a second episode. We'll be banned. We're going to be banned. Not right yet, not yet, but who knows. Take me there. But we have some good news. Not only are we on our podcast now, but we are also... We have a Facebook page. Do we? We are yes, we do. We got the old dogs. We have a Facebook page. If you're not on Facebook, you don't. You're not even alive. Well, not only that, we also have a Twitter account. You we do. are on Twitter. You do not. Yes, we do. How do you? How do you operate Twitter? Dan Levine, you're on it more than I am. I I, I like Twitter. I, I always thought you do. I am a neophyte okay. at Twitter. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So Twitter is exciting. Yeah. And we also have our own website. You. Do. Okay, yep. like www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. Can I send email there? Can I, make I don't know if we have an email account set up yet. I would, the next I would, hey, Stephen, I, I want an email address for w, Tommy at www.grumpygaymenandtheirdogs.com. I want to I want, I want, I want, send one to you tomorrow. I love this. That's Stephen, our producer. Stephen, Stephen. Steven. The brains behind this. You'll be hearing get more out, from Stephen. Brains, my whole. Right, but please. you'll be hearing from Stephen. Right. Stephen, I, I insist we have Stephen, so Stephen will happen. And not only that, but. Stephen's already late. Thank you. He's always late. But not only that, the podcast is available now on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Google Podcasts, Podcast Index, and Player FM. I've never heard of Podcast Index. Yeah, it was a new one to me also. The last two were, actually. And what was the first? All right, well, you know. So we have, we have mean, plenty of choices there to listen to us. Uh, yeah, that's well, that's cool. Because yeah. you want to be convenient. Exactly. That's how I got through the 90s. <laughs> but is it like overexposure? Do you want to be a little... There's also like, a thing as overexposure. Especially yeah, us. I know we, you're right. Well, right now we we only we reached uh, over fifty downloads of the first podcast. Fifth, fifth. It, within four days, we did that. Supposedly, that's a good thing. Okay. Well, it's better than the COVID numbers. Well, <laughs> yes, I guess it is. Um, but it doesn't solve the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like fifty downloads. Ah, oh, good lord, who's? You what a bad time to be messaging me. You Jesus Christ. Who's messaging me? Your phone ain't turned on? Oh, no. It's one of my cast members from the show I'm directing. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, how was your, your weekend, off. Tommy? Turn your... Is it off? It is off. Shut up. How was your weekend? My weekend. What day is today? Today's today is Tuesday, Tuesday September 7th. Yesterday, I so was... So it was Labor Day weekend you just had. Yes. Labor Day weekend. I spent Monday at my niece's house doing... Family things, cool. watching kids in pools and and playing with people and having fun and. Um, and did you actively participate in all the festivities? I act. I actively participated in all of the festivities. It was very. It was a very comfortable, nice crowd. You know, just just yeah. It was, it was nice. Well, that's great. It was nice. You. Uh, Sunday, I have no idea. What do you I, mean? I have no idea what happened Sunday. <laughs> it's a blur. No. No. No, a blur. A blur is like something there that's kind of blurry. Okay. This is just nothing there. So it's just a blank slate. So you don't think you did anything on Sunday? I don't think I did. And did you do anything on Monday? Monday was when I was with the family. Oh, that was the the family thing. So did you do anything on Saturday? Uh, Fuck you. Did I do anything on Saturday? Well, that is part of the weekend, isn't it? What did you do on Saturday? 
Actually, the only thing we did all weekend was go out for dinner on Saturday night. Oh. And we went to a local restaurant in town, local Italian restaurant we haven't been to in basically two years because of the pair, because uh-huh. of uh, Virus Palooza. And uh, we went there. We had a really nice dinner. Nice. Yeah. Right. Although I've learned that when you're in an Italian restaurant, you should not order a non-Italian dish. Which I made a mistake of. And, and what nationality because, dish Well, did what it was, order? they had a bunch of specials, and one of the last specials they listed was chicken cordon bleu, which I really like all the time. And I figured, all right, it's a good Italian restaurant, maybe they're going to put an Italian spin on it or something. And uh, <laughs> they really didn't. No, they put maybe like a brown gravy on it. The meat was really brown looking, and it was like, no, it's not supposed to look like this. Okay. Uh, and it was very unseasoned, and we, we it's like, okay, no more eating, no more ordering non-Italian dishes in an Italian restaurant. I don't care if it's a special or not. I think that's wise. Very. I also, do you want to hear a sports metaphor? A sports I can, metaphor? I can use an accurate sports metaphor. Wow, how butch of you. Watch me. There is a yellow flag on this plane. Oh, okay. Okay, that, which means I think that there's something wrong that we got to talk about. Yes, what's that? Any day now. I'm working on it. I know it's it's it's. I'm, I'm trying to your words. In, I'm trying to think back into what you were saying. Do, do you about, know what you were saying? Was it in, is it in the script? We were last talking about going eating in a, at a, the restaurant. Oh yeah, you should not be. You know, it was you, only like thirty seconds. Uh, okay, I, I'm back. I know it was a long time ago. I'm back. You should never presume to be any kind of food critic. <laughs> and why is that? Because your restrictions, <laughs> R.E. period, food, are ridiculous. Yes, but I also know what is good when I no, do no, eat no, it. No, 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 no. And this no, no. is not a good dish. You know what you like. Yes, I do. Uh, okay. That's not the same thing as what is and good. And I know a good chicken cordon bleu when <laughs> I eat it. <laughs> And this was not a good chicken cordon bleu. But here you are. Would you like to have some? We, we actually, I was too embarrassed to say this is terrible throw it out. And we no, took it home. and took it home. Okay, so. so if, you would, if you would like to try it, it's in our fridge right now. I will tell you this. You said tonight on the way, I said I'll be there whenever, TBA, whatever. Okay, so yeah. you said we don't need dessert, get a salad. So I stopped at a, at a, at our Italian restaurant. Okay. Next to the liquor store that's near where I used to live. Okay. I was there at both of these places a lot. Okay. And so I stopped there to pick up a salad. I'm going to stop to pick up the bottle. So I'm going to get... Now I get the same strip mall I go to the to the great Italian place down for. First salad. Give me salad. And? I. It's a salad. Okay. It's a legitimate salad. Yes. It's a functional salad. It's uh, not a very attractive-looking salad. Uh, no, but it's a functional salad. Um, it is within striking range of being worth the $10 that I paid for it. Wow, for a salad. For a salad. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, now remember, this is the Italian place up the block. Every, you know, it's nice. You go up there for nice. See, it's nice. Well, you know, the food is good. The people are nice. They're friendly. They're, everything's nice. No bread! No bread. With the salad, come out of that Italian No bread! No! No! No, no! no. no. I'm very no. sorry to hear that. No! No! Not that 
Well, I guess we'll move on to our, our first segment of the show, and that would be Heavy Petting, in which we talk about our dogs. Oh, the dogs. And tonight's topic is walking your dog. Walking the dog. Now, Tommy, you how often do you walk Louie? I walk Louie twice a day. Yeah. When... Louie gets walked three times a day. Ooh, three times a day. Three times Who a day. Who does it the third time? Uh, the, which is actually the first time. Okay. My sister, who was up early, uh-huh. she takes Louie for quick out to pee. Maybe they go for a long walk. She takes Louie for a walk. Okay. The, uh, you know, the appropriate walk for the morning. Right. For the dog. Most mammals, upon wakening, need to... All right. Then, right before I leave for my day, which is anywhere between 3.30 and 5.30. Okay. Louie gets a nice long walk if I could take it. If not, fuck him. We go around. Whatever. He got to poop. If Louie poop, uh, once he pooped, that could be the end of the walk. It is very more frequently not the end of the walk because I guilt myself into walking for my own disgusting fat So And there's nothing wrong with that. Except for the fact that I have to do it. Okay. Which is, you know, bam, there's your wrong with that. So what do you, do? you know, it's sort of, whatever. Okay. How, like, how, far, how far do you walk your dog when you take uh, it out? Uh, okay, so, you know, you walk your dog in the area that, first of all, I believe, like, you got to walk the dog in the area you want the dog to know. Yep. So, like, the, the development, the dog has been through every possible path through the development. Okay. not many. And then there is, like, up and around the development. Okay. Which is, like, so So the places between right off right off a major uh, north-south, what do I want to say, road. Okay. Road was not where I was going. Okay, but it'll do. It shall suffice. And I walk my dog, so <clears throat> anywhere between 10 and 30 minutes a day. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, 10 to 30 minutes per walk. Okay. The dog walks 30 minutes a day anyway. Out Outside walking, walking, on a leash, walking. Okay. I believe that is important for yep. a dog. Definitely, definitely. Yep. Like with Abigail, what I do is I time it according to when we f- first feed her in the morning, because we always you know feed her first thing when we get up. Then we wait an hour and a half, and then we give her her dental treat in the morning, because we give her that daily, because her teeth are not the best, and the dental treat helps with the teeth, of course. Good, you got to do that. And then I usually wait, like, about another hour, hour and a half after that, and I figure, all right, by now, she's probably ready to poop, so let's go out for a walk. Usually it's around the same time, though. It's usually like around 12.30, 1 o'clock. Okay. And then I try to walk her probably like an average of, like, 15, 20 minutes each time. I try to walk her now a mile, at least a mile each time. Well, it helps you too. Well, it helps me. It's good for my exercise, yeah, for yeah, my yeah. health and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and of course, it's good for her health. But I think it's also good. It's a good time to bomb your dog. It's the only the time dog. the dog gets to dog. Right? Exactly. So they have to dog. I believe they have to dog. And the that's the thing. I see some people walk. I think some people forget that when you're walking the dog, it's for the. It's really primarily for the dog's benefit and Absolutely. pleasure, not yours. But it is. It is not only for the dog's benefit. The dog needs to walk. Period. The dog needs to walk. Period. Yes. You know the dog needs to walk. You and the dog walking together means that you are dogging. With the dog. Yes. 
Okay. So anybody who dogs with the dog is going to be closer to the dog. Of course. Because he'll let you in more. Yep. Okay. So I believe in walking the dog. I, I, I think, think it's, it's very important, important for so I think many it's reasons. Important. I think you no. Know, it's first of all the the sense sti- all the scents out there. It's st- they stimulate the dog's oh, oh brain. Oh my god! They could smell when they're when they're freaking Native American. And that's why I, I was saying like it, the dog. It's for you know it's you you, know, you shouldn't be dragging your dog saying all right enough sniffing. Let's go. Let's keep going. Enough sniffing. No, let the dog, let the dog sniff, sniff. You know, let the dog sniff. Let the dog sniff. He got a dog. Because dog got a dog. But not only that, like when we when I do walk dog out of the ghetto, I walk her not only like around you know my neighborhood, I walk through the adjacent fly. neighborhoods. So this way, she knows the sense in the area. She knows the neighborhood because if God forbid, she should never get she away get from away. us. So she would hopefully know her way back home. Then you know that's important. So that's really important. I thought. And uh, it's different from just letting your dog out in the yard. I mean, we do that in the morning, yeah. the first thing in the morning before we do anything. We let the dog out in the yard to go pee and poop or whatever. Yeah, no, that's what but my that's sister does. that's not the same does. thing for the dog. You, no. know, you need to go out there with No, yeah, no I agree. We have no option. No. You know, there is no, we have no outside to let the dog run in. You know, we live in an apartment development. Yeah, that's with a thirty-pound dog. It's not a big space for a dog to run in. It's, you know? it's not a lot of space for the dog. Although Important. chewing. Now, it's very funny because we both know a dog that I know who does not go out for walks regularly. Which dog is this? Well, this was before we got Abigail. Okay. And we would dog sit a certain Yorkshire Terrier named Arthur. Arthur. I love Arthur. Arthur has to be so And Arthur's owner would give us, you know, uh, Arthur to watch and stuff and would give us the leash. And it was one of these long, retractable leashes. That's why I walked Louie on. And but from what I've been told, it's not the not best, the best. Leash because you're you you're you're losing control of the dog though. You're not maintaining control of the dog. It's better to have a regular length leash for a dog instead of one where he's just going to stretch out and just do what it wants. I do not stuff. disagree necessarily. So I had it's this different walk. for me though. Of course, yeah. you, you have a well, bigger dog different too. For me. Uh, but with Arthur, so I got him home and took him out for walks, not realizing that. His owner didn't take him out for walks at all. And he talk really about, didn't know how to, like, stay on the sidewalk. Talk about Arthur. Talk about Arthur. Talk about Arthur. Yes, that's what we've been doing. I want you to tell me. Describe Arthur. Bitch, don't. What? Act like I'm too drunk or high or altered to follow you, okay? okay. So I'm saying now, describe Arthur physically. Uh, in my, Describe him physically. Go. He's a little tiny Yorkshire Terry. He's four pounds. As you would estimate his weight at four pounds. Yeah, at uh, the most. At, Soaking at, wet. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. But he, I guess he has no no sense at all of walking. It's very fun. When, and when, we would dog, when I would dog sit, now that Abigail's here, we would we still dog sit for Arthur and stuff. And I think I'm both on walks, and he basically follows Abigail's lead. Oh, whatever she's doing. Yeah, that's... Is, I guess that's the only way he's going to learn, you She's know? the next dog up. Yep. So, but... It's, 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 I don't know. Each the, person's different. With I'm how they treat their dog. Now, I believe, I believe in the walk. Uh, I'm a big proponent. I believe, I believe in the, the walk. walk. I have made that clear. I also believe that if a person with um, one of those very miniature, smaller, hold-me-in-your-pocketbook sort of dogs... Right. Your Yorkshire Terriers, your uh, what's what uh, the Mexican with the big a Chihuahua, Chihuahua. um, 
I can't think of any others that are really small enough right. to like keep. Okay, those dogs exist and they're allowed. I think that for them, dog rules are suspended and they become really needy cats. <laughs> Just an opinion, an observation. Thank you for sharing that. But it's also important to walk dogs, and especially small dogs, for the exercise. Like right now, we took in Abigail to the vet about two weeks ago, found out she's like three pounds overweight. So now we're going on much longer walks twice a day now. You're responsible And, parents. you know, now she's on, you know, on fruit and vegetable diet for treats and everything. We watch how much we give her for her meals. And we're going to get her down because it's really important that little dogs I will, do not become overweight. It's I not will, good for their health I will, at all. I will not have a fat dog. Right? I will not. Right? I'm sorry. It's not fair to the dog. Sorry, it's not fair to the dog. No, I will not have a fat. So, the dog, my dog, Louie, gets fed once a day one measured cup of kibble a day. Okay. It is, it is the dry dog food, of yep. a very name brand dry dog food that I give the dog one cupful a day. What? Yep. No, for Abigail, we give her a quarter cup each or each, two meals. Okay, right. Probably, I've been giving her less now because of uh, her Because she's a big fat mm. bitch. But Abigail is <clears throat> half, half the size as Louie. Yeah. So, oh, God. So, yes, so, okay. easily. Easily. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> Abigail right now, well, she's 19 pounds right now. How, well, how big is Louie? Louie's right about 30. Right? Oh, okay. Where, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, Louie's wow, a, I thought he'd be heavier. No, Louie's a three-year-old male. Okay. And he gets a lot of exercise. We give him a lot of that walking. Um, I want him to be able to run free. He's weird on the leash. Are we still talking about the pets? Yeah. You keep looking at the schedule. Well, Are we of course behind? I'm no, we're, we're doing just fine. I I, without all the technology. Like yes, we're all set. We're all set. But there's one thing that really bugs me about people walking their dogs. This drives my gears. It's when they don't pick up the goddamn poop. You gotta pick up. It's like, poop. please, it's you it's if you don't want it, you don't want it in front of your house. So why would you let your, your dog's poop stay in front of someone else's house? You know. So the same courtesy that you would show to other that you want shown to yourself. That's I, all. I don't disagree. Right? It's not that difficult. But I can sit here in front of my window and watch people. They walk right by here and they just leave it like leave their poop. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It really is. So well, in a world where where you can fall into a rabbit hole of Karen videos. <laughs> yes, that we know well. It seems. That the dog poop leavers are a step below that. Like yeah. You gotta have them to get to the category. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. I'll go with that uh, kind, of, kind of categorization. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's annoying. It, yeah, fuck you. But, you know, it's going to rain. It's going to snow. It's going to... Exactly. Yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, go well, ahead. that's the end of our segment on heavy petting. That lasted forever. We now move on to... Birthdays, oh, and we know how much you love the birthdays sake. of today. And there were oh so God. many for can, September seventh. Can I tell you? Can no, I, you can't. No, can I ask a question? <laughs> yes, you can. How many as a whole number? How many as birthdays <laughs> are there? You're flipping pages. Oh my God! You have gone through three. <laughs> we'll go through them really fast, though. We'll go for the. No, we won't. <laughs> yes, we will. Trust me. Oh, we'll start God. with the very oldest one. 
born on September 7th, 1533. Died at the age of 69 in the year 1603. She was the daughter of Henry VIII and his second wife, Anne Boleyn. She became Queen of England at the age of 26 in the year 1558. I hate you. And she reigned for 44 years. Elizabeth. Elizabeth I. You got to leave that first in there. And of course, she's known predominantly for being the, having the Elizabethan era associated with her, in which English drama flourished with Shakespeare and Marlowe. And um, she has been portrayed by a number of actresses, both on film and stage and TV. She's you know been, what? I, I resent the happiness that you go with this with. Why not? Don't you like history? Don't you like I'm, learning history? I'm suffering. <laughs> Birthdays. Anyway, moving on to our next birthday. This one is an artist who began painting at the age of 78. She previously made embroidered pictures and quilted objects, but at the age of 76 she had developed arthritis, so her sister suggested that she take up painting. She's known for her realistic portrayals of rural life and New England landscapes, and she created more than 1,500 canvases over three decades. Her works can be seen at MoMA, the Brooklyn Museum, and the Smithsonian. In fact, the character of Granny was named after her. her the character's full name on the show was Daisy Moses. So yes, we're talking about Grandma Moses, who died at the at the age of 101. I wish I was dead. <laughs> you don't have any interest in the art of Grandma Moses? Don't you think it's amazing that she didn't start her painting career until 78 years of age? The fuck else was she going to do? When did she live? She, uh, her, she was born on September 7th, 1860. 1860, Civil War times. Yeah, that's when she was born, I guess. That's when she was born, so she was... And she like, died in 1961. She, 1961. All right, so that, yeah, now, like, she was... Wow, that's a weird time. Right? Right? What was her name? Her full name was Anne Murray Robertson Moses. No. Nope. Okay. But she's known as Grandma Moses. Grandma Moses, because she started painting when she was almost 80. Yep. And how long did she paint? Um, she painted for basically three de over three decades. No, how long did she live? Till 101 years old. That's fucked up. Yeah. And she painted over 1,500 canvases. Do you want to be that old? What, 101? Yeah. Only if I'm in, like, the same kind of physical shape I'm in now, You're maybe. You're hilarious. <laughs> As if being fucking 120 years old hasn't taught you that. It's not the same, bitch. You're not 30. You're not 20. You're not even 40. No more. What's your point? My point is by now you should know that you can't say things like if things could stay the same as they are right now. Well, you're opposing this hypothetical question. I am giving you a hypothetical answer. I asked a direct question. <laughs> would Do I want you, to live to 101? Would you like to live to 101? Would you like to Under you certain want to? conditions? No! Yes. Answer the God damn question. Uh, Do you want to live to be 101 years old? Huh? <laughs> Not under the current conditions? No. 
Thank you. I don't know why it needs to qualify. Oh, yes, I do. Uh oh, you do. Yeah, this is a commercial break. Advertising Patrick Finn, Esquire, for all your per diem fucking lawyer needs because you can't ask just one guy. Uh, you're allowed. You're, go ahead. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. Just for that, we're going to move on to the next birthday. No. Just to punish you. No. This one is an Italian immigrant who attempted to assassinate then-president-elect Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Hold on, I gotta go through the lyrics. Yes, I was about to say, he was immortalized in a certain musical written by Stephen Sondheim. Oh, God. Uh, my stomach! Yeah, complained about his belly. Oh, God. Oh, God, I know the song. The day they shot Roosevelt. Yep. I don't fucking know. His name is Giuseppe Zangara. Zangara! Yep. How did he die? Did, did, was he well, a... he was eventually electrocuted because what happened was when he went to assassinate um, Roosevelt, yeah, yeah, yeah. he like stood on a wobbly metal chair yeah, because yeah. he was only five feet tall. Yeah, he was aiming. And he basically was aiming over a woman's hat. And Yeah, he wrote great lyrics. And he fired off like one shot and then some people tackled, tackled him, him. And then four more shots went off. He's well, the size well, of one a of the people, and four people were uh, shot, but and, and one of them was the mayor of Chicago, who eventually died. Oh God, Zangara, right? So Zangara, he confessed, he, he confessed to the crime, well, and he was sentenced to death. And how did he die? He was uh, went to the luxury chair in Florida, known as Old Sparky. Old Sparky. Now let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, is that you impatient? Bitch. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to keep the the dead space from accumulating. Okay, on the air. you know what? I th it's not live radio. I don't care. Okay, so they, you know, you could edit some shit from my fucking mental. Do you know what your point thing. was? You were going to bring up my point was yes. <laughs> what what I can't remember is the song. If there was one that is in the show that represents his. Electrical chair, electrical. Well, yes, they. That's part of the the uh, how I say Roosevelt number. Yeah, and they that's show him ends. being and they show him being electrocuted at, at the, the end. end of the number. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank yeah. you. You're you're quite welcome, bitch. How much time did that take? I don't know. Give it per time to think. But an interesting tidbit about uh, I loved his execution. At the time, they only had one cell designated for people who were going to be executed. And how many were scheduled and at to the, be And at the time, when he was sentenced to be executed, there was already someone waiting ahead of him. Well, yeah. So, and, and they... they was That's against, how you make it a deterrent. And it was against the law for people who were being sentenced to share a cell with someone else. Okay. So they had to create a second death cell right next to it, and uh -huh. that became known as Death Row. Oh, because there's more than one. Yes, that's where we got Death Row from, from Giuseppe Zangara. Giuseppe Zangara. We can thank him for that, at least. Wow. Well, no, not really. <laughs> it's not like that's something he set out to do. No, it's it wasn't. That some pencil it's a victim of pushing nerd said, holy shit, we need a definition for this now. Where are we sending all this food? To, de to two death... The, the, the two the, death buildings. No, wait. The, death the cells. two death boulevard. No, no, no. no. I guess death cells. Uh, was too death cells. Too De death, death row. row. Comes right off the list. Yeah, it's right there in a row. You put that right. Yeah, death row, bitches. Send it to death row. Those cartons of milk. Let's see if we can get this next birthday boy. I doubt it. 
He's a Greek-American film and theater director considered one of the most honored and influential directors in Broadway and film history. Olympia Dukakis. Uh, no, she wasn't a director. Go ahead. Yeah. She should have been. She was, he was born in Greece in uh, 1909, September 7th. Immigrated to the United States in 1913. In 1932, he joined uh, the Group Theater, a New York City-based theater collective founded in 1931 by Harold Clerman, Cheryl Crawford, and Lee Strasberg. He was a communist. In 1947, he co-founded the Actors Studio. Yeah, he was a communist. With Crawford and Robert Lewis, and that specialized, of course, in teaching method acting. Method acting. He made... Method! Yes. He made 20 films between... 1945 and 1976. Oh, my God. Including Gentleman's Agreement, oh. A Streetcar Named Desire. I love that movie. On the Waterfront. I love that movie. East of Eden. No, you're not talking about... A Face in the Crowd. You are lying. Splendor in the Grass. You're a liar. And his last film, The Last Tycoon. But you didn't say Godfather. He didn't direct The Godfather. Oh, you're talking about what he directed. Yes. Then I have absolutely no idea who you're talking about. I'm talking about Elia Kazan. Elia Kazan. Who won Best Director Oscars for Gentleman's Agreement and On the Waterfront. He also won uh, the Best Director Tony three times, including for his original productions of Arthur Miller's All My Sons and Death of a Salesman. You know what I've heard? What's that? That On the Waterfront is the only, like, mainstream, completely non-pornographic movie that you can jerk off to. Why is that? Um, what's his name? Who? The guy. The guy who was in the movie. Marlon Brando. Yes. Okay. It's not like he appears nude in nope. the movie at all. That's not I said. It's, like, non-pornographic, non-intended, but you can jerk off to it. I've never thought of On the Waterfront as being a movie for... To use as autoerotica. Okay. <laughs> Just throwing it up. But moving on. Trying to participate. In 1999, Kazan was awarded the Academy Awards Lifetime Achievement Award. No, he's not married to Ruth Buzzy. Who married Ruth Buzzy? I don't know. Well, it's Can we more... stick to the fucking topic, please? He was awarded the Academy Awards Lifetime Achievement Award, but it was marred because he was criticized over his... Testimony in 1952 yes. before the House Un-American Activities where he, he named name? names. Who would he name? Including Lee oh. Strasberg's wife. What was her name? Um, uh, Paula, Paula Strasberg. Paula Strasberg. I think she was originally Paula Miller, but she was Paula Strasberg. Is she Strasberg. connected to Marilyn Monroe? No. No connection to Marilyn Monroe. Are you well. sure? I don't know. I haven't looked at any connection. I didn't go that deep. But anyway, supposedly, supposedly when he gave the names, he thought he was giving the names of people who were already known to the committee, and there's contention that, no, they weren't known by the committee, and several careers were ruined afterwards. So when he received the award, several actors turned their back on the stage where he was uh, at the time, okay. but most of the actors at the award stood up and applauded. And applauded. Even Warren Beatty, the most leftward-thinking actor you can think of in Hollywood at the time, even he stood up and... Gave an ovation to Kazan. You know, I can't help but think that there's an issue here. What's that, that? Well, it's about where you draw the line with an artist and their art and their personal life. Yep. And do you draw that same line with politicians and their politicianing and their personal life? And do you draw it with plumbers and their plumbing? And their personal life. Like, like how, when 
does your personal life become a liability? That's a good question. There's no clear answer on that. Does it have anything to do with the issue? Well, I, I, I don't I don't know if it does. You know, it's a question of you know was Kazan was Kazan right to, to, to name names? Was it right that he received this award, this lifetime achievement award, on, yes. the, on the backs of people who lost their careers because of his testimony? Um, that's no. that's the that's well, that's the contention. No. That's the contention. I understand. I, I do. Know? I do understand. What I'm saying is is is. Is there a line? And if there is a line, where is the line? Like, well, good, is the line at, Michael Jackson? Is the line Woody? Woody, well, so we Woody, have Woody different lines for Woody. Yeah, we certainly have different lines for different people. Mel Gibson. I mean, he came out with all that anti-Semitic stuff and well, the anti-Semitic other outrageous stuff, and he still he still seems to be gainfully employed. Here's the thing. Mike, look at Mike Tyson, convicted of rape, and oh. he still seems to be uh, universally accepted by everybody. Okay, let's you let's, know. You know, first of all, you're talking about violence against women. Nobody cares. Hey, okay, everybody talks a big game. Nobody cares. Violence against women. Well, that's a good example that, that nobody cares. You know, because, what's a good example. Like I said, he's he was welcomed back with open arms, practically. You know, Texas. Is a good example. Well, but we're going to get into that in a little bit. So. I'm already there. So. But moving on to the birthday still. Oh, my God. This, never this one you'll be very happy is is living. In fact, oh. I, think, I think that the next few. Oh, actually, well, there's a couple of ones. But let's go on. Can we this send, one's living. Can we send her a card? Uh, well, we'll you'll find out in a second. Oh, good. He was born September Eight. 7th, 1946. September 7th, 1946. He made his Broadway he acting debut. Broadway acting in 1972 in the original Grease as Kanicki. Oh. But he is better known as a director. He made his directorial debut in 80, in 1981 with an off-Broadway production of Christopher Durang's Beyond Therapy with Sigourney Weaver. Oh, she must have been a baby. He later went on to direct productions of The House of Blue Leaves. Oh, I love that show. The, the Front Page. Don't know that one. Anything Goes. I love Anything Lend Me a Tenor. Six Degrees of Separation. I saw that. Naked people running. Guys and Dolls. Laughter on the 23rd Floor. Okay, okay. Smokey Joe's Cafe. Okay. A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. What's his name? His name is Jerry Zachs. Jerry Zachs, you motherfucker. He you. also directed you got my career. Swing, Little Shop of Horrors, Lacage, The Cane Mutiny, A Bronx Tale, Sister Act, and uh, Hello, Dolly with Bette Midler. He's currently, he has uh, How many? upcoming returning musical Mrs. Doubtfire, he directed. How many Tony Awards? And he also has uh, The Music Man returning in February of next year with Hugh Jackman and Sutton, Sutton Foster. Foster. How many Tony Awards? He has won the Best Director of a Play Tony for House of Blue Leaves and for Six Degrees of Separation. I think he deserved it both times. And he won the Best Director of a Musical uh, Tony for his revival of Guys and Dolls with Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane and Faith Prince. Uh, he, uh, Jerry Zachs. Okay. Yep. Okay. 75 years old today. Son of a bitch. He got 20 years. He could do, imagine what he could do now that he knows something. Right? Our next birthday celebrant is a woman this time. Born September 7th, 1943. She's 78 years old today. She had, she's a singer. She had her first hit in 1975 with Never Can Say Goodbye. 
But she is best known for recording two what are now gay anthems. The 1978 song, I Will Survive. Gloria Gaynor. And the 1983 song, I Am What I Am. Yes, Ms. Gloria Gaynor. 78 years old today. That song. Which one? Uh, I Will Survive. When I was a pre-teenager and my sister was like the teenager... That was the song. And I remember her listening to it over and over again. I remember me listening to it. Um, yeah, that song and Donna Summer Live and More, it was called. Okay. Those two things I inherited, those were among the hand-me-downs I got from my sister. They were in. Patrick, I fuck you not. Eight tracks. Good Lord. Both of them, eight tracks. <laughs> That was my elementary gay learning. For our listeners out there, Google 8-Tracks. No. <laughs> if you have to Google 8-Tracks, go fuck yourself. That's what <laughs> that means, okay? I don't need him interpreting for me. Go fuck yourself. It was on 8-Track, okay? And it was my, it was my elementary gay education. That's I didn't know it. It was so elementary that I didn't know that's what it was doing, but that's what that's it did. That's what it did, right? Our next birthday boy was the first openly gay skating champion in the United States. Oh, uh, because they were so closeted. They were so well closeted before him. As a single skater, he was the 1996 U.S. National Champion. Scott Hamilton. The 1987 World Junior Champion. Jim Thorpe. Nope, nope. Now, in 1996, world bronze medalist. Oh, what was his sport? As a pair skater, ice skater. Ice skater. As a pair skater, he competed with Christy Yamaguchi. Oh. And was the 1988 world junior champion and the 1989 and 1990 U.S. national champion. His name was Scott. And, no, it was not Scott. He was elected to the U.S. Figure Skating Hall of Fame in 2012. There was a really, really, really hot figure skater. Well, I don't know if it's this one. His name is Rudy Galindo. Rudy Galindo might have been Rudy. 52 years old today. Wow. Right? Wow. You know, now what what that is, is a twink grow old in public. Yep. See... I never thought of myself as a twink. That term didn't exist back then. No, back then, no. Um, that's probably what I would have been. And now I'm this thing. So I can imagine what it must have been to, like, Rudy Galindo was the fucking twink. He was on, he was, he was a twink on fucking Will and Grace. He was on Will and Grace? He was... Jack picked him up at, like, Stars on Ice or whatever. Oh, I must have missed that. Oh, my God, you, you... All right. I, I'll believe you. Go ahead. Google Web that. We are now on our last birthday. Oh, my God. And it's only, what, 400 o'clock? <laughs> this birthday actually was yesterday, September 6th. But it's a personal hero of mine. And I had to remember it. Pinta. No, no, no. This is this person was known as the Queen of Disco. Donald Summer? Um, No. Franzoli. He, he, he knew he was gay from an early age. Sylvester? Yes. But he was effeminate and came to be known as gay. He was rejected by his church and he left at age 13. Began going to gay clubs at age 15. Where? Um, I forget where he grew up. 
Uh, in his high school graduation photo, he appeared wearing a blue chiffon palm dress and a beehive wig. Wow, they let that happen? Yep. Who were we talking about? Sylvester. Sylvester. Where did he grow up? I don't know where he grew up. Did he grow up in America? Yes, he grew up in America. And he was black? Yes. And where was he born? Where? I don't know. When? 1947, September 6th. Oh, it's a hard time to be born black in America. He started in San Francisco performing with the Cockettes. Oh. They were an avant-garde group. Okay. That performed there. And he eventually left that group and then went out having a solo career with a backup band. Was he like church singing? Well, no. In the beginning, he dabbled mostly in R&B and soul and covers, but I think he did cover some gospel as well, which... But uh, in uh, this, like I said, he started out as a solo act. He, you know, he, he was so doing R and B and soul. Anyway, anyway, the two women he hired anyway. singers, the, the two women he hired as backup singers became known as Two Tons of Fun. Oh my God! They sang that song. Well, they later became known as the Weather Girl. The Weather Girl. It, the, it's oh my God! And their big song, of course, was "It's Raining Men." And in 1978, he had his first hit song with "You Make Me Feel Mighty Real." You, I, I don't know that one. You don't know it? I don't. You make me feel mighty real. Okay, you know what? You know what? You make me feel Who is that, that socialite woman? From the you don't 20s know that? I can't believe you, you don't know that. Opera and couldn't sing opera. Don't fuck yourself. And, well, I, think they, I think they needed to go as far as Meryl Streep to play her in the movie. <laughs> yes. I saw the Broadway play about her. It's Jenkins, something Jenkins. Yes, Sarah Elizabeth <laughs> Jenkins. Whatever it was. Judith, Judith Foster Jenkins. <laughs> something along those lines, yes. Don't ever do that again. You don't like my falsetto? I do not <laughs> like your falsetto. I don't know why not. Why not? Every dog from here to fucking Jamaica <laughs> with their head tilted and their ears up, their tails held down. Anyway, his biggest hit song was in 1982 with Do You Wanna Funk? Did Do you know you that song? Funk. <laughs> it's a roller skating song. I don't remember roller skating to it. I remember well, because you're 10 it. years older than I am. No, it was... <laughs> I was in college when the song came out. I was out. in middle school. What uh, year? 1982. I was in middle school. I was 20 well, years old I was in, in college. School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yep. you're old. Yes, I am. It probably had a different effect. I To me, that's a roller skating song. I okay. Could, I, yeah, yeah, roller skating. That makes sense. Uh, Do you want to funk? <laughs> Do you want to funk? Yeah, that's roller skating. No, that's not the song. What's the song? Do you want to funk? <laughs> Won't you ask me now? Show you how. Do you want to funk with me? Oh God! Can you only sing in a falsetto? No. Because I don't think we should do. I don't think we should do musicals. Because with your falsetto and my like, yeah, no, we should. My my, be author. Infected. No, I don't think I don't. I don't think we should do musicals. Anyway, for those people out there who want to further explore Sylvester's music, they should check out three albums that I recommend. Three albums, that only three. Step two. Are we selling them? That's his. Uh, that was his second album in '78. Step two. That's an album one. called Stars, which has a great the song "Stars" on it, which is I love that song. He loves. Uh, it's a great album. That but song. my favorite is a live album of his called "Living Proof." Oh. And you get to hear him do a variety. Songs. He even sings uh, his own rendition of the Beatles' "Blackbird," 
which I really liked. Okay. It's a really good album. I really recommend it. Okay. Sylvester, who knew? Yep. And that's it for today's birthdays. Oh, thank God. We now move on to... I can exhale. Today in History. Today today in History, yes. And what this wow, day is known for... Wow, the market for. is... Narrowing specifically. Well, well, first of all, it's known for, for it's National Beer Lovers Day. First National of all, beer, God love beer. Lovers. Do you have a favorite beer? I don't. Uh, you know I. what? I like. Uh, I like. Okay. I don't like any of the freaking wheat beers that uh, everyone drinks I, now. I, I don't know much you know, about beer. I don't know I, much about beer. I don't know much about ale. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, there was this Appley Ale. Okay. That I liked. Okay. I like Guinness. Guinness. Give it to me thick. Give me a slice of fucking beer. You know, the darker, the 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 browner the head. I I like it heavier and darker beer. Okay, I'm talking about beer. Yes, being clear, I'm talking about beer. I'd rather have a Corona. I'd I'd rather have a Guinness over Corona. I, I like ales. Like I like Harp Ale. I like. I also like Foster's Lager. It's good. As far okay. as like American domestic beers, I'm not really fussy about it, you know? It, but it, I don't like any of this wheat beer and all this micro brew. No, I'm not into that, any of that. Uh, no, know? I, th- I think, I, you know, I know people who go into that, who participate in that. And why not? I know. You know, you know they're making beers. It's, the, it's their soccer It's their soccer club. It's their theater thing. It's their, you know, they're meeting together and making beers and, and probably sharing fucking edibles. I remember a joke from Monty Python when I, when I saw them live and they're playing the Bruces and they all drink beer and stuff. And I make a joke. American beer is like making love in a canoe. It's fucking close to water. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Wait, what right? is that? Is that wheat? Like, I don't know anything about I don't know. I, don't ask I, me about any know. of that, you know? know? And today is also Send national... Your questions. Today is also National Salami Day. Okay, so what happened with your national days? Because on the Facebook... Yes. You used to post... It seemed like... Decades. <laughs> decades? That you posted every single day. Today is National... Yes, I have been doing it for a long time. <laughs> Today is National Gift Wrapping Day. No. <laughs> Today is National Scrotal Itch Day. Today is National Remember Your Children's Kindergarten Teacher Day. Today, and that, that people started to question you. No, you're laughing, but... If, am I, what, my sanity? Am I lying? I like posting national days. Why I enjoy not? reading them. Well, that's that's half the battle then. Go ahead. But today is National Salami Day. How do you think Sal- your salami? I, I like my salami sliced. I don't want to slug, I don't want to cut it myself. Okay. I like it sliced um hmm, alternately really, really, really thin. Uh-huh. Or like an inch thick. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You just sometimes want to chew it, and sometimes you just want to sort of let it... Yeah. I don't really like it on a sandwich, but I like eating individual slices of it. Salami? Yeah. You always got to be careful, salami, who you're going to be talking to close up coming up. Yeah, right? No kidding. Because you're going to stank. Yeah. (laughs) But it's... it's, uh, I like salami. I like all those... All those... Hanging meats? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing better than a well-hung meat. Uh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Hold on. How do you take your kielbasa? (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I got to tell you, is when I when I when I worked my way when I worked my way through Pornhub, yeah, um, the Slavic gay section. Okay. <sighs> so I'm gonna say. Okay. <sighs> Good to know. Moving on. Today is also National Acorn Squash Day. Oh, uh, you know what? I don't even know what that is. All right, I was going to ask you what to do with it. <laughs> I have no idea what acorn squash is. Okay, so I came across... I'm assuming that there are no real acorns in it, though. No, I think it has to do with its shape. Okay. And it's... it's I think. Okay. Okay, so let me tell you a story. Uh, I have a thing with um, um, butternut squash. Because one day I see butternut squash in a in a grocery store, and it's like 29 cents a pound. Well, I don't care who the fuck I am. I don't know what to do with it. But for 29 cents a pound, I have no fucking business turning my nose up. So I'm going to take me some butternut squash, and I'm going to figure out how to use it. I love butternut squash. The like you, you you don't peel it. You have to chop the skin off of it. it. It's it's very tough to deal with. It it what it does. It's like it's like yams, uh, with less intensity, less orange. It, it's it's I I love butternut squash. You can do anything with the son of a bitch. Okay, but, but you're so, not familiar with acorn squash. When you buy it, it's <clears throat> next to because squashes all come out the same time of the year. Now you're gonna start seeing them, nineteen cents a pound. Yes, I don't know what the fuck to do with an acorn scotch. Uh, an acorn squash. squash. How? What do you? Do I don't it? know. Did you Google Web it? No, but maybe we should. I think we'll do that now. Let's go look on the Google machine. You made okay? me loud about it. And let's see what we can find about acorn squash because and find out exactly what is in this. Fall is good for squash. Because squashes. I will not be able to sleep tonight until we know what goes into acorn squash. Well, I don't, I don't think much goes into it. Acorn squash, also called pepper squash, pepper squash. also called the moin squash. Never heard of either one of those. And it uh, has. It's a squash with long ridges Where are you getting on its this outside. Where are you getting this information? You're spatting at me and I'm believing I'm reading it from the Google machine here. Uh, okay. And it's uh, considered a winter squash. We know it's true. And this is a picture of it's it It's a winter here. squash. That's, the, that's yes. what it looks like. It kind of looks like an acorn, no? I guess, yeah, I guess it's a green the, acorn, you the know? The ridges? Well, I don't think they all... Like, the green surprises me. Yeah. I got to tell you, I... Uh, so so, how do they? And tell this you? is what it looks like when it's well, growing. Let's see what 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 do you do with it? How do you prepare it? What do you um, use it for? Doesn't it just says uses. It most uses. commonly it's most commonly uh, baked. It can be microwaved. It can be steamed or sautéed. Can be stuffed with rice or mineral uh, mixed meat or vegetables. How is this not helping? If you want to make it sweeter, you can add maple syrup. Oh my god! <laughs> just the information here is voluminous about acorn squash. No, I'm actually I'm curious because it's one of those you get it for three weeks, four weeks. It's a it's good source of fiber and potassium. All squash is. Has also small amounts of vitamin C and oh, yeah. B and magnesium and manganese. Are you saying that right? You can also make squash. Where are the manganese squash? From? What's that? The manganese. What what do you mean? What is the manganese from? It's a chemical. Where are they from? I mean, what is it from? I don't where know. is where are they from? The manganese. Know. What are you asking me? The Japanese are from Japan. Where I can't think of a country called manganese. Shut the fuck up, you fucking dick. Manganese. 
Moving on, 100 years ago today... Oh, we're getting younger. A contest was held in Atlantic City, won by Margaret Gorman of, of Washington, D.C. Miss America. Yes, the first Miss America pageant was held 100 years ago today. So disgusting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is gross. And also... Uh, today is also Brazil's Independence Day, which oh. it declared itself free from Portugal in 1822. Brazil. Okay, so I was talking last night. I, I told you Monday I was with my family. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go? Right. So if I were to take a trip, Europe. Right. I want to do, I want to do Great Britain. Okay. I want to do all of it. Okay. I want to go to Wales. Okay. I want to see cliffs. I want to go to Scotland. Okay. I got to go to fucking Scotland. I want to see the Northern Ireland, probably where I'm from. Uh-huh. And I want to see England. I want to go to the fucking West End. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Barcelona. Okay. That's in Spain. Yeah, I want to go there. Okay. Okay. I want to go to the Netherlands. I want to go to Amsterdam. Okay. Okay, that's dead on the nose. And I want to go to Portugal. Okay. Because Portugal... Is like Spain's coastline. <laughs> like, what does that fucking coastline look like? How beautiful must that coastline be in Portugal? And it's like this carve out of Spain. Now, I'm gonna need your help here because I have no idea why I'm talking about. I don't this. know. What does this have to do with Brazil? I love Portugal and Brazil. Okay. By the way, if you're going on your little tour of Europe, you're not gonna get to Brazil. I'm not gonna get to Brazil. <laughs> No, but I'm going to get to Portugal. Okay. Good to know. Moving on. On September 7th, 1927, a man named Philo Farnsworth. Farley Farnsworth? Developed this today. The first fully electronic television. Who is this person? Philo Farnsworth. Philo. Philo. Farnsworth. Philo. Could you spell that? Do you have it? P-H-I-L-O. Philo. That sounds like a Greek. It probably is a Greek name. Yes, I'm sure it is. And the last name is Farnsworth. Farnsworth does not sound at all Greek. No, it does not. Farnsworth sounds ass-squeezing, sort of Connecticut, New England, Puritan. Yes. Okay, we get your point. But he's the man responsible for developing the first fully electronic television system. Huh. But of course, it was he was basically beaten up by, uh, I guess, NBC and RCA or whatever, and he never really got the credit for it that he deserved. People suck. There was a play made about him called The Farnsworth Invention. Oh my God, I've heard of that play. I was actually in a local production of that play. You're a liar. I have two anecdotes about that. Tell me. One is that I got to work with Brian Dennehy's brother, Ed Dennehy. Ed Dennehy. Oh, my God. Who's, uh, I just have nothing but good things to say about him. Most people say the same thing. Also, after reading this play and going into rehearsals for it, I had some questions about it. Well, of course you did. So I wrote to the playwright, Aaron Sorkin. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, I did. And Patrick, do they know about you? Are you on lists <laughs> in places? By now, I probably no, am. No, for real. Like, you've I've written made fun to... of me for the whole birthday. I know. I, in the past, I've written to the gay playwright, Doric Wilson. I write to Charles Bush when I'm working on his plays. I wrote to Tennessee Williams' uh, Last Lover about this unproduced oh, play of his that I wanted to produce. My and I also God. wrote a letter to Aaron Sorkin. Okay. And he answered me. 
Because what I did was, when I was learning about, when I was getting ready to do the play, I wanted to do a little research on Farnsworth. So I did. And the man was a brilliant inventor. He had patents. He had so many patents. It was unbelievable. But he was just has never been celebrated in American history at all. Sounds like Tesla. Yeah, exactly. So I wrote to Aaron Sorkin, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> Farnsworth did all these amazing things and everything, but you just make him seem like this total loser. And he wrote back to me. He because people said if you write to him uh, he'll, on Facebook or whatever, he'll write back to you. And sure enough, he did. And what did he say to you? <laughs> he basically said, well, I've shown the play to the family, and they're fine with it. <laughs> and that was basically it. All right, so there's a lot to unpack here, because... Basically, tell me, mind your own business, kid. Exactly. That's exactly... He don't need your fucking work. He no, he doesn't need... Your, fuck well, I was you. just curious what his angle was on doing it this way. To, I mean, yes, you want to show him being beat up by the big corporations? That's fine. Yes. But he was more... He did more than just this, you it know? It was a... That was a financial agreement, arrangement, intention, everything about the... Shut up. Everybody says it's okay. Yep. You keep your fucking mouth shut. Who the fuck are you anyway? No. Don't okay. do that. Well, no, don't do that. But on the other hand, you don't go to a movie thinking, oh my God, history. Right. You know, you got to know. Like, exactly. What is the person... Like, the, are, we, are we there yet? Are we there where, where? Respect? Not yet. Uh, not yet. I'm going to have more salad, so I'm ready. You have more salad. Uh, also on I'm today... I'm a big fuck, but I eat salad. On September 7th, 2008, this show ended its 12-year run at this the Nederlander Theater. It doesn't sound like we've been doing it for that long. It was 2008 it ended its 12-year run. Rent. Rent is Correct. Written by uh, the late Jonathan Larson. It played for 5,123 performances. 521,100 performances. <laughs> Great rendition there. Hi, this is Steve, the Grumpy Bastards producer. These two just cannot stop talking. So join us for episode two, part two, to hear what else they have to bitch about. <laughs>